Hey all, Alan here, and welcome to A Journey's Rest, a podcast focused on the vast but deep set of topics about the complexity and joy of roleplay games. Whether you need to attune to a magic item, regain some hit points, change out spells, or just reminisce with friends, here we sit down for around about an hour and enjoy ourselves. This week, Zach and I are joined by our aberrant friend Neil Minithul to answer some questions submitted by fans from all over the interdimensional commonwealth. Also, one of them came in some sort of flesh blimp covered in spiracles, which is still hovering in my living room. Uh, uh, buckle up for some laughs while we say the word um a prime number of times throughout an hour-long conversation. Hope you enjoy. It's time for the podcast! Clap say! There it is. I got to End introduce the that one. Yeah, nope, that's, that's wait, you is that did? the end? That's it? We, did, we completed it? All right. Thanks, no, everybody. That, no, Alan, no, you're just confused. Bye. You started the podcast oh. instead of me this time. So oh. it was, yeah. No, that was the beginning. Okay. It was just okay, different. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad. But you know, I mean, that's okay seems... because we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing a bit of a different podcast today. We are. Hi, everybody. I hope you're having a good time. My name's Alan, and this is Morgoth. My name's, yep, Morgoth. Yep, the Dark me, Lord of the Lord I of the Rings be Sauron. realm. Sorry, say that again. I would rather be Sauron, clearly. Yeah, but I mean, Morgoth was way cooler. He was super big, and he had Encaligon, and Encaligon was way cooler than like any other dragon. So. Yeah, I know. I understand. It's like Sauron is the little bitch boy. What you do want to be the bitch boy? I do. Of course. Who doesn't want to be oh. the bitch boy? Ah, I'm, I you, see. You know me, and you my know apologies. that if if anything, my dominant personality trait is that I am a sub. <laughs> Where were we? Who knows? Um, we had we weren't anywhere. We had not begun the podcast. I mean, we had start, talked about beginning the podcast. But... We didn't even begin the podcast. Well, we we okay. We began the podcast, but we didn't do anything in the podcast. You know, it's like when well... you open a, a document and then it's just blank. I mean, just look doing, at it. doing things in the podcast comes from us just doing nothing in the po- I mean, like, we're creating content right now. So, I mean, that's got to be worth something, right? But is it really content? It has no content. We're arguing. Uh, literally, the content is us arguing about whether or not there is content. Mm. I don't know, Zach. Phenomenal. This seems a little out there for me, man. Anyway, <laughs> today we'll be answering questions submitted by our enormous fan base yes. of like 10 billion people. Yep. It's actually more people than, than are exists. even on the planet. Well, because Again, remember, extra dimensional entities. Exactly. You know? Yep. Yeah. So that's been so. a fantastical um, thing. Just getting so many questions from so many different realms of existence. It's been a great feeling of support. Our email is definitely not full of just emails from different podcast platforms from when I submitted the podcast. It's definitely completely full of extra-dimensional emails uh, from everywhere in multi-dimensional space. So, yep. we've got a you couple... You just gotta know where to look. I, exactly, exactly. Well, see, that's the thing. You might think it's empty, but once you look into the extra-dimensional folders in the Gmail account, then all of a sudden, 
there you go. That's where they are. That's what it is. Yep. Exactly. Nailed it. So here we've compiled a couple of our favorite questions for today that we will be answering for you all. So um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get, well, I was going to get my dice. Zach, do you have dice with you? Wait, no. Nope. Nope. I don't have dice. I lied. Can you roll a D100? High, you go first. Uh, Low, I go first. Let me uh, let me get the whole uh, Reaper uh, set out real quick here, which I actually never use. I just recently re-rolled all of my dice for no reason at all. Wait, did you go through? So I think this is actually fun. Um, Zach, one time when we were at a store, just went up to this store owner and said, hey, what's that bowl behind you? And he's like, yeah, this is just a bowl that we put all the extra dice in, and I'll literally give you a pound of dice for $10. He had, like, a fucking scoop that yeah. you would use for, like, popcorn. For, like, candy. Like, yeah, candy and popcorn. It's, like, it's, it's nuts. And so he would just scoop out an entire scoop of dice and just throw it in a bag and be like, here you go, bucko. I'll weigh it for you. And then you just take those dice. And then eventually yep. Zach just ended up with, like, literal, like, pounds. It's a lot. He I took... could probably beat someone to death with the amount of dice. The I thing have. is, one person could be satisfied with... One scoop of dice. <laughs> Zach is not a normal person. And he got I think I did it multiple three times. scoops of dice. Yeah, I think I did it three times on different occasions. Every time no. I went into the store, I'd be like, ooh, those dice, though. Zach, there was one day we walked in together, you got two scoops. It was like so a maybe boy. I got four. It, was, it was like literally, like when we walked in there, you're like, mmm, ice cream. And you just <laughs> ate all of those fucking dice like they were fucking pieces of candy, man. It was they insane. And delicious. so Zach does this whole thing where he will roll his dice against each other, and the ones that get the highest rolls at the very end are the Reaper dice, right? Yes. Yeah. Those are the ones that I use when I'm playing. When I'm being a DM, I typically am nicer and I'll choose from the other gigantic yeah. conglomeration but yeah all right i was very satisfied with the outcome i rolled Good. a 70 so a 70 i, I, I don't remember what, yeah what i don't was. remember <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is off the rails already okay 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 hi you go first low i go first roll again motherfucker roll again i got a 90 Keeps okay, so landing on high because right? it's the Reaper dice, so it's always gonna be high. <laughs> so wait, I, is that that's me go first? Yeah. No, <laughs> no, it's me. You said if I if it's high, I go okay. first. Okay, okay. My apologies. This is um okay. You have yeah. one job, Alan. You just have to keep check one in. thing. We are seven minutes in. Ooh. Seven right. minutes. Seven minutes. First question. <clears throat> This question came to us uh, from an interdimensional uh, Twitter account, uh, which is in some kind of strange parallel dimension where the f- first letter of people's names is all over the place. So it's it's from Def Janiel Wiltermeyer, which uh, it's all right. Uh, okay. And uh, he asked, what is your favorite Call of Duty game? <laughs> uh, Def, I don't know if you remember, but this is a so deaf thank you so much um this is a uh league of legends podcast so i yeah. don't know if we that's a relevant question here. um but yeah. if i were to say it'd probably be black ops one ah uh, peasant peasant no 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 you know, all right here's what you do 
You go and you get yourself a 1992 fucking Forza Motorsport steering wheel and paddle, right? For like the the pedal. Did I say pedal or paddle? It's the pedal pedal for the Mm -hmm. gas and for the brake. And you plug that into your Kinect and then you plug that into an Atari. And then on that, you play Candy Crush. That's a real man's game, all right? That's how you do it. Zach, if you could beat that, you could do anything. So, Zach, I do want to be super clear. When I went through all of our emails, I picked out D&D-related questions. Did you go through and pick out non-D&D-related questions? Okay, okay, okay. I have to defend Def here for a moment. In okay. in his parallel universe, Call of Duty is the same thing as Dungeons & Dragons. So all of the oh. all of the jock nerds, you know, the nerds who are actually jocks, they, they all play oh, Call of Duty. I see. So. That, that'll okay. be the last Call of Duty question, I promise. Okay. okay, okay. Well, yeah, I guess for our realm it's confusing, but for him it's not. Okay, well, all right. Yeah, I have, him, I have a question for you. Um, this is a awesome question. It's, it was sent in to us in, in our email. Um, it's actually from a, uh, a human on our realm of existence. Her name is Morganthia, and she says... Hi DMs, recently in my game, I have bl- been playing a fire genasi sorcerer in my D&D campaign. How do I play a sorcerer well and make it cool? What are your favorite cool sorcerer things to do? I love sorcerers. My favorite cool sorcerer things to do are to um just just kind of like, you know, blood magic mostly and mm. and some some occasional like necromancy i like necromancy no but yeah. that actually is a genuine answer though if you play 3.5 D and you go and there's certain avenues you can p- pursue to become a necromancer that shit is broken you can raise a literal horde of zombies at like fifth level if you take was, the right so- prestige was sorcerer a reasonable necromancer in in 3.5 yeah sorcerer and wizard were the the really heavy hitting uh spell casters um sorcerers had a smaller selection of spells but i believe they could cast more spells on a more frequent basis but it also Mm. wasn't really limited because then all of the prestige classes enabled you access to like different like areas so one sorcerer would not have as broad a scope of spells to choose from but if you knew ahead of time oh i want to go into necromancy spells there were subclasses you could take to branch into that direction so yeah, it's kind of. I mean, in fifth broken. edition, it's really only wizards that get like a. Eff- well, I mean, I guess clerics get some effective wizard or effective necromancy spells too. But I just don't think that there's anyone that can really compare to a wizard for necromancy in yeah. um in fifth edition. Yeah, most can't really compare spellcasting to a wizard. I mean, wizards in fifth edition are very strong spellcasters. Yeah, they're very good. I think actually sorcerers are super strong spellcasters too. But it's just like yeah. It's it really comes down to um, you know the flexibility. I think that sorcerers are yeah. mo- more potent, where wizards are more flexible in that in that sense. But yeah. Zach, mm-hmm. it's this this person Morganthia said that it, this is her most recent D and D game, which I'm assuming. And let me check. Beep boop bop. Yep, it's fifth edition. What are your favorite mm-hmm. sorcerer things to do in fifth edition? Well, have, I'm not sure that I've actually played a sorcerer in 5th edition, mainly because I don't deal with that. You know, I don't really do spellcasting all that much. My my go-to in any game is mostly just kill them with an axe. 
Mm. That's that's pretty, a good. I mean, that's honestly, doesn't even really good. matter what edition. That that's that honestly that strategy has held up pretty much throughout every D- edition of D anD D. On some that's level, good. you kill them with an axe is the solution. But um, no, I have had a number of people play sorcerers, or I think the really popular thing to do is actually to prestige class into sorcerer because it gives you all kinds of like cool little bonuses and stuff, um, and you can do meta magic and stuff without having to like invest in the class entirely Mm -hmm. Uh, and by the by the um when you say prestige class you mean like multi-class yes i'm sorry i'm still speaking in 3.5 terms you're totally fine i just want to make sure that i i keep it all together and and so that it's like translatable but yeah i totally Mm -hmm. agree with you i think that uh dipping into sorcerer is super good i I love dipping into sorcerer it's really cool there's actually even a feat now that should be coming out in tasha's cauldron of everything that just gives you two Mm -hmm. sorcery points and that's it yeah it's just a feat that's pretty cool and it's super cool it gives you a lot of flexibility it could even be useful because like a lot of people would even dip into sorcerer just for the the sorcerer points so like when you can when you can do the flexible casting, the meta magic like sorcerers can and not be a sorcerer, yeah. that's incredible, right? And so I think that'll be an awesome thing to do. And I think that a lot of the feats that they've been putting out recently have been actually super incredible for giving your class a lot of, or like a lot of flexibility to any character, really. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I, and that's really what feats should do. The danger yeah. therein is that you end up weakening certain classes because abilities that you that were once exclusive to them can now be found through feats and stuff like that. That's fair. That's fair. That is the danger of that, but yeah. It's not a I don't know. It's it's I don't think it's going to break the game. No, I I agree. And I mean it's kind of a not not important, right? It's more like I don't, I don't know. That that kind of gets into like power gaming questions and people talk about balance and stuff all the time and I don't know if I really like subscribe to that necessarily i think that it's more um i don't know i like the game is the game and you should just role play that that's how i feel i i i mean i i don't know i'm just not really one for power gaming and i know you're not either either. so yeah i i don't really think it's i mean it's it's fun to like think of cool combos and like powerful combos but i'm it's not like i'm like Mm -hmm. trying to do the combos because I want to beat the dungeon master, right? It's because I want to, like, it's like, oh, this is really cool. You know what I mean? So, um, like, for example, and this actually kind of leads into something for me, one of my favorite things to Mm -hmm. do as a sorcerer is uh, twin cast... And and so and it depends on your DM whether this may, whether this works or not because there's a I've seen some debate online on whether it works or not, um, but twin casting at level two you can you get your meta magic, at twin casting mm-hmm. either green flame blade or booming blade Ooh. early on and you yeah, basically you those get are both good options you get two so like because you do that it basically means that you make an attack two times early levels so as a sorcerer you get two attacks which is super cool because then you cool get to idea. play I like never thought of that before a really cool spell sword you know what i mean yeah that's nice. one of my favorite ways to do that so if well, you're ever you answered the for, question better than i did if you're ever looking for cool sorcerer things look no further than swords fair enough <laughs> swords i feel like that will somehow come back around maybe talk about swords alan Mm. what's your next question zach 
Uh, my next question is submitted by a lovely individual that I met, uh, I believe, on an alternate version of the moon. Um, they do uh-huh. request their privacy, though, so they have given me a moniker. Uh, and the moniker is uh, Eda Booty Like Groceries. Ah, um, okay. <laughs> I, all right. I, and, uh, <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Well, eat the booty like groceries asked, um, what is your favorite D&D monster? And I thought, I just like that question. It's a simple one, quick one, easy one. Um, everyone has one. Yeah. I have mine. Yep. Yeah. Um, my, sorry. Oh, uh, my apologies. On their realm, that must be a very reasonable name. Um, Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, they're a lawyer. I'm so so sorry. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I'm just imagining on on a wall of some sort of like firm. It's eat a booty, <laughs> eat a booty like groceries and co. <laughs> um, gosh, oh man, I'm gonna have to stop crying. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, answer the question. It's a very serious question. I'm so sorry. Let me bring. Come on, let Alan. me bring it in. <sighs> okay, I'm sorry for my outburst. I will do better. My favorite monster in D and D. I think has got to be, well, it used to be the Illithid. And I liked mm. them a lot, and so I made an entire campaign around them. And then I was like, cool, did that, kind of bored with this. And I think yeah. I would say that it probably changes as like frequently as my desire for cereal changes. You know what I mean? That's like, fair. If, yep. I, if I swap cereal flavors, I'm like, cool, new monster. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like... Favorite monster for me feels a little bit like, I mean, I don't know. I, I like a lot of different things. People will always ask me like what my favorite music is. And I'm like, man, wh- yeah, like, that's why? fair. Because there's so many cool things to be done, right? Like Eldritch Horror. Okay, cool. Illithid, uh, Ulithrid, um, Neolithids. Uh, those type of things are easy to put into your game. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden like Gothic Horror. Oh, like ghosts, like large, like, I, I don't know, like, um, you know, large, like, like werewolf beasts or something like that. You know what I mean? Ooh, flesh um, golems. Yeah. Stuff like that. Vampires. Yeah. Right. So yeah. things like that. Um, and then you go and you're like, okay, well like Egyptian. Oh, cool. Mummies. Right. Like we can do stuff like that. And I don't know. It's all yeah. over the place. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, gosh, I like a lot of them. It's hard to say. I think my favorite monsters in the D in the in D and D are the ones that I create for specific scenarios, right? So, like, if yeah. I am, I have a uh, an idea. Oh, I can't really release that because I think some of my players listen to this. Um, but <laughs> I would say uh. that there, there are always ones that I'm really excited to put in when they directly tie into a story. So, for example, I was super excited to have this. Uh, this wizard who had died a long time ago but like was kept alive by this magical sand and she um she was yeah. killed by one of my players and then all of a sudden she infiltrated this tomb and just lived inside this and basically knew that the players were going to come after a while and sat in there for a long time until they did and then she was going to exact her revenge right and her wow. whole thing was that she hid in the walls by like basically melding with the walls 
And so Ugh. she would teleport between walls, and the only way to stop her was to like catch her between teleportations. And wow. and she would just like cast fireballs out of the wall. And it was super fun because it was more of like a puzzle and a creature at the same time. Yeah, that's cool. And so I like, like that a lot. Creating ones for the specific scenario that I'm doing um is is fun as a DM. Um as a player, I'm not sure. I think it's got to be something like dragons, right? Because like just seeing a dragon in a game is yeah. so. For I guess for me, so it's rare. Classic. Mm-hmm. And it's like classic feeling of like cool, awesome, epic creature. You know what I mean? Totally. I get that, but I agree. I I think my favorite monsters are almost always the ones that I make. If I had to pick one from lore, probably the bullet. I don't know. The bullet's just bullet's cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's just cool and like an interesting concept. Yeah. But just recently I made a monster for a game that I have not yet begun running. Uh, It was part of someone's backstory. Uh, And that monster was called a Turok, which in itself is a reference to a really old video game that I've actually never played, but I love the concept of. Um, And the Turok, there's a lot of dinosaurs in this game. Or in this world, first of all. So that's important. Uh, The Turok is a shapeshifter. It is basically a creature that survives on the hunt. And it has the ability to shapeshift into any dinosaur. But the way that you you know it's a Turok is that it is always two-headed. Oh, okay. And uh, it it lives on the hunt. So it will just kind of hunt people. And as soon as it kills them, the hunt is over. So it has to go find another one to survive, basically. Um, hmm. yeah, it's a very bizarre kind of relentless ca- uh, creature that fits in well with the particular setting. I love it. I don't know. I that's cool. Like I think yeah. that's super cool. Yeah. So could it be like any creature, like even if it was like a small turtle with two heads? Uh, any dinosaur. Ah, any dinosaur. Okay. It okay. is limited to that, but it could then obviously turn into birds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could also be anything from like Stegosaurus to like a Tyrannosaur to... Yeah. Some less common stuff as well, all all over the place. Interesting. I love it. That's so cool. Yeah. I love it. Thanks. Uh, fantastic. Well, uh, Zach, are you ready for your next question? Uh, I am. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Hit me. This is from Quartiuiop. Hi, right. Journey's Rest. I love swords. Double bladed swords, long swords, short swords, even knives, which are kind of like short swords but for eating. My fighter in my game that I'm currently playing in collects swords. After playing for about a year or so in this campaign, my DM noticed me pulling out sword after sword during a battle. As I liked... (laughs) After playing for about a year or so in this campaign, my DM noticed me pulling out sword after sword during battle. As I like to make my attacks every turn with one sword, drop it... (laughs) And then take out <laughs> and then take out a new one for style points. Fights usually end with me going around the battlefield, picking up all my swords. After the fight, my DM asked to see my inventory and was appalled to see that I have 75 unique swords in my inventory. He says it was too many, which made me sad because I really like swords. My question is, how many swords is too many swords? I mean... <laughs> How do I even go about answering that question? Like, your DM is wrong, first of all. Yes, it's not too I would many agree. Swords. And, and 75 is, you're lowballing. 
You're lowballing. Yeah. You you can get a couple of bags of holding, get some extra dimensional mm-hmm. space, mm-hmm. and you can mm-hmm. up that number of swords. Also, uh, let me give you this possible suggestion. There is a spell called Blade Barrier, and I think you might like it a little bit. Mm, uh, that it is a good summons spell. a magical barrier of swords. Just no- a ton of them. Just a bunch of swords that just, they're there and they're hovering. And you you could become a spellcaster instead of being a fighter. And uh, yeah. then, I mean, your DM can never take those swords away from you. You could just never. cast that spell over and over and over again. That's true. And, you know, that's a lot of swords. So. Here's another also, good... you don't have to oh, spend sorry, time picking them up. That's true, actually. Okay, okay. So... There are also a couple ways that... So I think, first of all, we've got to really change the direction of this question. Because I think the first thing is, there's not too many swords. But the real question we should be answering is, how can we make this person's character cooler by helping them more effectively wield an inane amount of swords? Yes. Um, Well, so what you can do then is you can actually go over to one of the other player characters and you can convince them... Uh, with your incredibly high charisma score, which you must have because you already have this many this many swords, and who could resist yeah, that amount of swords? Yeah. Um, you convince them to undergo a necrotic process in which they fuse their body and will to yours, and then you have extra limbs for That's extra true. swords. That's a and good, then that player won't be able to play their character anymore. No, because they've submitted themselves to your will. Right. So then they'll right. have to make a new character, and then you could just do that to that character again, again, and, and again, just keep yeah. doing it. Yep, and you'll become a massive, like Hecaton Kyrie's style, yep. like creature of arms and heads and yeah. legs, wheeling a bajillion swords. That's that true. Solves all your problems You'd essentially right become That's a blade a storm yourself. Yes, because you just whirl around with so many swords. Okay, and in that situation, the spin move is the way to go. Okay, so here's an interesting question: If you were so many creatures bound together, how many attunement slots would you have? Um, however many creatures, times three. Okay, so each one of those creatures has a dancing sword times three. Oh. I didn't even think of that. Alan, you're a genius. I know. Uh, but, so, I-, I was thinking that all of a sudden, there's, let's say, on average, low ball amount, 23 people meshed together. Um, so that, that means that there are, I don't know, this is just a random number, so whatever, there are 69 swords that are- Oh, I do like that number. That are, that are currently flying around this, this, this ball of human flesh that is wielding this in, in, incomprehensible amount of swords. That means that there are, so there are 20 no, there are 46 arms wielding 46 swords, and there are 69 dancing swords. I well, don't think forget about the mouths. You it, can wield a sword in your you mouth. You could. That is true. It. I don't know the guy on One Piece, but he does that too. So that's a, that is essentially 69 <laughs> swords wielded by the flesh and 69 swords wielded by the mind. Now, this doesn't well, even me, go into the fact... Let me posit this to you. Yes. What about awakened weapons? You could have an awakened weapon with an attunement slot. Oh, yeah. And then that's another that's another dancing sword right there. That's true. That's true. If if the mouth and both of the arms on every individual, every one of those twenty three individuals 
has a sentient sword that is yep. then wielding the yep. sword is wielding yep. a dancing sword. That's yep. a lot more 69 swords. That is 138 dancing swords. 138. Now, now, that means that that's only dancing swords, by the way. That is a total of 208, no, 207 swords in this one creature. 207 swords. Now, this does not account for all of the extra dimensional space you might have on your person. I mean, you're, at this point, probably like a colossal-sized creature. You probably have a pretty high carry weight for swords. Exactly. And also keep in mind that we do want to, every time we make an attack with a sword, drop that sword and get a new one out. True. True. Um, Because we, once again, have to have style points. Now, does that pose a problem to our sentient swords? Because... If we have sentient swords which have those attunement slots, does dropping those swords mean that we lose those attunement slots? Well, no, because they don't just instantly become non-sentient. There's still a person in there. That's true, but do we have to be holding them for those attunement slots to be activatable? Well, I, as a DM, and thus as the complete and, and total authority on this subject, uh-huh. I would say that no, that uh, does not that okay. does not force the sentient sword to drop the... The dancing sword. Okay, cool. So then we stab this each sentient sword into the ground when we're done using it the first time, and then it has basically this tether range for these swords, these dancing swords. Excellent. And, and then we pull out other swords from our million bags of holding. Yeah. Which, at this point, should probably hold somewhere around eight, nine thousand yeah. swords. Right? Oh, you're getting there. Yeah, you're getting I there. I would say that's probably a fair amount. Um, mm-hmm. So I think in a normal battle, what, how long would a normal battle go through? Normal battle at this rate how would probably rounds? go on for about 69 rounds. 69 rounds. Um, mm-hmm. That's, oh gosh, dude, that's. <laughs> that's a lot of swords. That's a lot of swords, first of all. That's six minutes. That's almost seven minutes of fighting, right? So that means that each round, if you drop each sword each round, that means that you have... Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to do math for this. Um, Give me a second. So let's you go through 69 swords a round, added on top of our current 207 swords. So 69 swords times 69 rounds is 4,761 plus our 207 swords. So we are, we'll round, it's it's currently 4,968. We'll round it out to a healthy 5,000. You can, you can go through 5,000 swords in one single combat. I think we've really helped this person. But I do want to make one note for you though. That's it, 5,000. If you do... 5,001, that's too many swords. Yeah. You can have 8,000, 9,000 in your pocket, but don't go through don't more. Don't draw them. Don't, don't draw them out. More. Yeah, because that's an unlucky number, 5,001. Yep. Okay, All great. Right, well, that, was that awesome. joke went on way too long. What? No. Okay, thank you, Corti huh? UAOP. Um, I hope you enjoyed your answer. Uh, your DM's an idiot, and you should move on with your life. Um, okay, yep. cool. Stab him with a sword. Yeah, well, 5,000 of them, please. Zach, your next question. 
All right, uh, my next question uh, was actually submitted uh, by the a denizen of the universe um, that uh, J.R.R. Tolkien spied upon to write his Lord of the Rings oh, trilogy. nice. And also his Hobbit trilogy. Really, his whole Magnus Opum. Like, like his whole, like, profile, everything he wrote was based on Magnus him. His entire Magnus Opum. Yes. Well, it was, it was all based on him looking into this dimension. Okay. Uh, and so a denizen of that dimension submitted this question to me on Twitter using his Twitter handle, which I think is pretty anonymous, so I think it's safe to, to share it. Uh, the Twitter handle is Sam the Real Hero 420 Blaze It. Okay, um, cool. Good, good, good. And uh, he, he asked, what is your favorite color of dragon? What is your fa- my favorite color of dragon? That's mm-hmm. hard. Okay, so for anybody who doesn't know, dragons come in different colors. And yep. so, Zach, do you want to list off the colors of dragon? There's the red. There's the blue, there's the black, there's the green, and there's the white. Wonderful. Okay. And there's also some metal ones, but I don't think he's referring they to those. They don't matter. No, colors. those are the worst ones. So yeah, uh, we, don't, we don't those. need to talk about those ones. Um, okay, so I would say um, the coolest ones are prop. Well, so, okay, is there a difference between coolest and favorite? Um, in your eyes, probably not. Oh, wow. Okay, well, what about in your like- eyes? Well, no, it's like, because it's your opinion. Mm, okay, okay. Your I'm, coolest is probably your favorite. That's true. Okay, well, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to say blue, because everybody knows that, like, lightning is really cool. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, like, pretty much the extent of my answer. <laughs> all right, <laughs> fair it. enough, fair enough. Fair <laughs> that's, enough. That's, that's all that I have. It's... Lightning is cool. Blue shoot lightning. Yeah. End of story. What about you, that's, Zach? You know, that's fair. Um, there, there's actually a whole bunch of other colors of of dragon, um, that are less prominent. So there's like purple, which is like mm. the underdark dragon. Mm-hmm. There's yellow, which is like a desert dragon. They hide in the sand, kind of like a sarlacc pit. Um, but no, I think my favorite has got to be the green one because. Okay. Uh, uh, green dragons are manipulative and they are, are, um, able to, um, kind of like, in, I don't want to use the word enslave, but I think they actually kind of like ensnare people mentally mm. and they use all kind of manipulation and they get involved in like politics and stuff a lot. That's fair. So they actually make really good villains, even if they're not like a primary, like, the red dragon is obviously the most classic. That's like the yeah. big bad one. But the red dragon is just going to come out of their lair and destroy stuff. Yeah. The green dragon is going to corrupt an entire kingdom. Yeah. Like, so. I, 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 would, I would answer green. That's super fair. I've I've seen, I don't know. I think what I'd really like at some point is to try and just kind of like, it's hard to get in the heads of a lot of dragons because I think there ha- I haven't been able to kind of personify a dragon effectively enough yet because I I know there's supposed to be this huge threat, right? And mm-hmm. hmm. For me, trying to live up to such an epic creature and something that's been kind of, I mean it's called Dungeons and Dragons, right? Like there's yeah. there's a reason why it's called Dungeons and Dragons, right? I, I don't I think sometimes it's hard for me to live up to playing a dragon. Um yeah. And so I oftentimes have not done so because if I kind of just reference them, 
in my world, and then I just never go to them, they become these mythical creatures that they're supposed to be, right? Yeah. No, that's a good strategy. I like that a lot. And so, I don't know. Like, have have you ran very many dragons in your games in the past? Um, I, I have a kind of a checkered history with dragons because they're really strong. They are the most commonly over-CR'd monster in D&D because they're the title monster. Um, so it's really, really easy to have them be a lot harder to kill than you want them to be. Um, yeah. So, no, I typically do what you do, where I kind of reference them, or they'll make an appearance, but they won't necessarily be fought, or they'll be fought, but only in passing, only yeah. only for a little bit, and then something else will happen that'll make it not necessary. Yep. Um, I also have done this thing where I portray dragons as monstrous threats in very direct ways. So one one of my favorite things to do is consider the breath weapon of a dragon, which is strong, certainly in D&D terms, but the whole, like, 60-foot cone or 90-foot cone of fire thing really doesn't make any sense to me. I sure. don't understand that. Um, to me, it makes a lot more sense for a dragon to fly overhead and just do a strafing run, especially in D&D, because yeah. there's nothing else that does that. You That's know? true. It's, it's horrifying and terrifying and unavoidable. So, like, I think about the scene from Game of Thrones where Dracarys is... Dracarys? No. I'm not going to lie, I Dracarys stopped watching after says. the fifth season. That's fair. Uh, she has big red and black dragon, and he messes up a supply caravan. And uh, it's pretty dope, because they they more deal with the idea of a dragon breathing fire and just how devastating that would be. Um on a medieval battlefield. I mean, yeah. there's pretty much nothing you could really do about it. You just kind of have to sit there and burn. Yeah. So that's true. Honestly, like, I don't know. I think right now, if I had to choose any dragon that I would be like, wow, this is the most interesting one. I'd choose a shadow dragon because yeah. shadow dragons are just like dragons that were either born or were pressed into the shadow fell and have just been there for too long and have been corrupted. Or not yeah. cor necessarily corrupted, but they've been changed by the Shadowfell. Because I don't think corrupted yeah. is the correct word. Um, because I don't think it inherently makes them evil. It just changes their anatomy, right? Yeah, because they live there for so long. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I would say that Shadow Dragons are cool because I think they just like embody something that's so very like different from uh, from like there's this there's this sort of je ne sais quoi with like a transformation of a dragon right a dragon who is this proud creature becoming this shadow dragon right mm. that seems really yeah. cool to me it's like a plot point right and so yeah. things like that um have kind of been um important and i would say um yeah i would say that that like keeping those plot points and like why dragons exist are like probably the things that interest me the most in D, D lore yeah so and the so, lore around it yeah and so giving it a feeling like that makes it feel good because like if i'm like oh cool a shadow dragon if i say oh well here's a green dragon i don't really know where it comes from but you guys said you wanted a, a dragon so i guess it's here like that doesn't feel nearly as cool you know what i mean so i guess maybe it just kind of like circles back to like whether i think it's an interesting idea or lore wise if it's it, like it piques my interest there totally yeah, I agree with that. 
Cool. Uh, should we move on to the next question? I got a couple more that I'm really eager to get to. Yeah. Do you want me? Do you want to ask another one of yours? And I'll, I've only got three, so I will let you ask one more of yours, and then I'll ask mine. Uh, I will if uh, if if that's cool with you. Yes, please go ahead. All right. Um, Eminem asked, uh, okay. "What's the dumbest monster you've ever run in D and D, and what did the players do?" Mm. And M- by the way, Eminem really did ask me that. This is actually the rapper like, Eminem. A single Eminem. And then it asked it, and then I ate it. So ah, okay. This, this so question not... isn't so much for that individual. It's yeah. more for just, like, you and me. Okay, 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 cool, cool. Um, okay, so, well, um, I would say the dumbest creature I've ever run in D&D. Does it have to be a creature, or can it just be, like, an enemy? Enemy's fine. Um, just tell me a funny story. It's basically <laughs> I don't here's, like Here's the thing. I feel like I've had times where I'm just, like, I feel like I just completely missed the point of of like the encounter and I'm just like all right well I guess this just like just completely fl- fell flat or something like that. Yeah. And I feel like I haven't had necessarily any that I just kind of put in there as like a joke, but I've had times where I'm like look at this terrifying creature. It's going to kill your NPCs and they're like cool, we're going to attack the other one and I'm like this guy's <laughs> going to die. He's going to die. <laughs> And they're like, that's super cool. The other one over here is closer <laughs> to me, though. And I don't feel like moving. So I'm going to I don't understand. This that's one. So, that, yeah. And so then I was like, okay, your NPC dies. And they're like, okay, whatever. And I'm like, what is happening? Do you guys, like, I feel like I'm I haven't so gotten, sorry, I haven't gotten any hooks into these people. <laughs> And it just happens like that sometimes, and it's fun to yeah. laugh at later, but in the moment, you're like, what have I done wrong as a DM? That's very fair. Where have that's I gone incorrect? Fair. So, I don't know. Like, stuff like that probably is, like, the dumbest. Like, that's the dumbest encounter. I'd be like, I feel like I just completely missed the mark on this, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about you, Zach? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um. So, I've... I ran a three-shot that was... The, the three-shot means we met three times for this particular campaign but each each time we met was literally like 10 hours of playing non-stop oh, we would like eat ahead of time everyone would go to the bathroom and then we would just play for like 10 hours i think we maybe took breaks in, in for like 15 minutes but it was it was a lot um and i i had written this whole dramatic like um merging of the planes and like the, it was an apocalypse but a D apocalypse so it was like the planes were crashing together and something had gone wrong and and all manner of creatures were all over the place and the the players had to figure out what was going on and had to fight all these things and it was crazy it was this huge drama they fought angels and demons they fought like uh um uh i forget what they're called they fought like the like the um they fought archons they fought uh uh, devils, obviously, they fought uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> and the boss, who was actually very difficult and had was very difficult to kill, the boss was a three-headed peanut butter and jelly monster. Oh, no! <laughs> I hate it! Who they really did not take seriously at first, and then they just <laughs> killed one of the players, and they were like, Oh, no! <laughs> That's amazing. Were there any yeah. peanut butter and jelly themed attacks? Oh, definitely there were. I think the only attacks it could do were peanut butter and jelly <laughs> themed. 
I still have the stats for that thing lying around somewhere. <laughs> was this just absurd? Was this just Zach just being like, "This is an epic, epic campaign," and I just can't fucking think of a bad guy for the very end? No, that was Zach being like, "I don't care, whatever. This is funny." <laughs> uh, I love it and I hate it at the same time. Um, it was great. I would be horrified if I played through this entire epic three shot, and at the end of it, I just got fucking murked by a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> The person it happened to was not thrilled, but luckily we had an NPC that they were able to assume control of for the duration of the fight. That's good. That's good. And then they were properly mourned and whatnot, but... I think my actual... Okay, my dumbest creature that I've ever run was in a one-shot where I was... I think this was the first time I was ever just trying to improv an entire one-shot. I just said, we're just going to run a game. I'm just going to improv it all. And so I did, and I ran a binocorn that oh. was a bad guy he came out, okay. out at the beginning and he was like here's a i'm a good guy let me take you to my special land and everybody was like cool yep. and I remember this. zach played in this and uh eventually they were like who are you mr binacorn and he's like i'm the evil emperor of this entire land and they're like <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> and eventually they started fighting him and he just grew arms out of himself to he like did, throw yes. swords at people horrifying. and yeah and that was the thing and then zach eventually <laughs> just like was in the middle of this game he was like yeah i'm playing an evil character but all this shit is so wild i haven't been able to be evil yet and so there was just like this ball and zach just fucking up and murdered someone and then just kept dancing at the ball I did. That was a whole thing. So that was a whole thing. I was like, I'm an evil character, and everyone was like, Oh my god! <laughs> yep. Why? <laughs> why was... would you? That wasn't even evil. That was just random. That was just... <laughs> and so yeah, it was just like, All right, here's the binocorn. Cool. All right, you kill him. Yep. That's it. it that was, was that was it. That was it. I don't know. It was the most ridiculous because I was just like, "What's the stupidest thing that I can do right now?" And I love that. I, act, I had a blast act, playing excellent. that. Yep. Yeah. I, I can't remember his name, but it was it was something so stupid. Um, I don't think that's nearly as close to having literally thirty hours of game time put into <laughs> fighting a peanut butter and jelly monster, but I think it's close. No, it's not even close. Um, it was a very chaotic campaign. It was actually not super off-brand. It was just... It did come out of left field, but it was good. like, oh, this is happening now. Good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are you ready for my next question? I am, yes. All right. This one is coming from Mr. Donkey... Hi, I'm DMing a game right now, and one of my players is playing a barbarian who is really trying... Sorry, let me say this again. Hi, I'm DMing a game right now, and one of my players is playing a barbarian who is really oh. trying to get it on with all of my NPCs. Like, literally all of them. How do I tell him to stop flexing his muscles and playing his really cool keytar? I cannot handle the power of his incredible charisma. Please help. Well... This, this kind of situation arises sometimes, and as a DM, it yep. is a sacrifice that you have to make. Yep. You gotta sleep with them. No, oh, whoa, I was gonna, oh my gosh. In real life. No, you gotta, God! You gotta sleep with them. Re you gotta sleep with them. Nope. <laughs> reverse! I play the Uno reverse card! Bring Mr. It back. Donkey, you gotta do it. No! Okay. The, That's, what, the, this barbarian, they don't understand, <laughs> all right? You need to make them see 
and then they will know and then it'll 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 either either you will be okay with it or it'll stop happening you must seduce them in real life there's a breaking point all right i don't know man that answer seems a little out there for me wrestle their dick with your tongue whoa what i do <laughs> There are parts of this podcast I might just cut out because I hate them. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is really, this is going to be a good podcast. Like, I'm enjoying just, like, going in here and just, like, having a having one where it's just me and Zach making each other laugh. And then Zach came back with the classic <laughs> phrase, wrestle their dick with your tongue. And so, I'm just not sure where I'm supposed to go. <laughs> With that one, Alan, what do you think? How would you how would you deal with this problem? Next question. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> What's your next question? All right. So uh, the Santa, the Santa Claus of the the Wookie homeworld, uh, he asked me if you had to die in the arms of one of the cast members of Critical Role, who would you choose, and why would it be Sam Regal? Oh, okay. Um, well, I think it would explicitly be um, because Sam Regal has run the gambit of characters that you would want to die in the arms of. Because That's a really good turnaround answer. Scanlan. Get fucked, Wookie Santa. Scanlan, very romantic. Mm-hmm. Not slash Veth, very motherly. So mm-hmm. both of them. Good for different reasons. Guess it depends on how you're feeling that day. Very true. Yeah, all aspects of the spectrum are covered there. Yeah, I would say so. What about you, Zach? I will never die because I already did so in the arms of Talos and Jaffe. So. Ah, okay. Thousand year eldritch horror thing. That's true. That, that, that's that okay. Nonsense. That's fair. That is fair. I didn't even think of that one as a yeah. possible option. And now I feel like a fool. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. I think we've pretty aptly covered that one. Oh, yeah. That question, uh, that was not a very good question, Wookie Santa. And I'm, I'm going to have to have a conversation with you later on. Mm. So, yeah, be I would say that that'd be, yeah. You and I. Um, may I read one of your questions? You may read the last of my questions. Okay, yes. wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, great. Grulok the furry asked, oh, no. <laughs> Uh, and so I, I have made a mistake. Grulak the furry said, "What's the longest session you've ever played in D and D, and why did it go so long?" Oh, what is the longest session I've ever played in D and D? I played some long ones. I think when you guys in in Edia fought the Shrieking King, that went for pretty long. Because we were all really into it. Yeah. Um, dang. But the problem is, that doesn't really compare with my early days of D&D, when I talk about, like, the whole 10-hour day. Like, we had we had some marathons. I mean, a- as a teenager, that was really all I really wanted to do. So that's all I did. Okay. Especially, like, the summer after my senior year of high school, I was, like, on it. Uh, all day i would i would just go over there in the morning sometimes literally when the sun was rising and i would go home after dark wow because all we did was get there be like hey what's up and play D. we actually started having to 
like stop in the middle of the day for like 30 minutes or an hour and go to the park and like kick a soccer ball around and like just get some exercise wow. because we were all just like yeah. we're turning into old men <laughs> um so i don't i haven't really kept track of the longest session that i've ever ran but it's gotta be above 12 hours yeah i mean and that's me running it too because yeah. i was the one who who was dm most of the time for that uh interesting yeah i mean you you enter like a fugue state you do you really do your brain is like it starts just deleting files it's just starts <laughs> deleting entire operations that you're already capable of i yes. actually used to know how to do woodworking i don't know how to do that anymore because my brain was like you need more space for D. you I'm need sorry, more D. Just, this yeah, is gone sorry, sorry i'm pretty sure i used to have another sibling so i'm not really sure if my brain deleted that file and something had already happened to that sibling or if my brain literally deleted that sibling I think both are That's possible. an interesting thing to think about. And with our multidimensional abilities, I'm sure that just you stopping to believe that they existed probably did cease their existence. And so I do kinda apologize throws for them. That into a, yeah, it kind of throws that into jeopardy a little bit. Can't really worry about it too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, Th they technically past. never existed now. So You're right. You're right. Um, fret. But uh, I would say the longest one that I ever did was going through that, that, um, that dungeon where that creature from that person's backstory was that wizard that i was talking about earlier in the walls they started going through this dungeon uh, or that sorry this tomb and when they went through it they got to the point where they started to have to do a fight and it was like an hour past the time when we were supposed to oh. stop and i was like all right guys we'll save the fight for the next time and they're like alan if you stop DMing this session right now, I will come over there and choke you. We are going to kill this person. And I said, okay, <laughs> all right. And I think we went until like 2.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. And we started at 7. Wow. And it was pretty brutal. And so that was a total of seven and a half hours, right? No. There is like. That, yeah, that's five plus two is seven thirty. Yeah, so seven and a half hours. That's a lot. Yeah. There's like a depth of slumber that you are only capable of after playing that much D and D right setting. Yeah, well, and especially because like we started at seven, we didn't like we didn't start in the morning. Wow. You know what I mean? It was yeah. late time D and D. You'd already had a full day. Yeah, that's crazy. Exactly. And so what happened was they went through this dungeon. I learned this trick from this DM a long time ago, and basically I made this dungeon made out of all triangles but I described it to them as if the triangles were square mm, so yep. that it became non-Euclidean. And yep. every corner was, a, for me, a 33-degree angle, but I described it to them like it was a 90-degree angle every time. Yeah, and that so gets confusing real quick. It got really confusing, and then also it created these like interdimensional spaces between walls, and it was like a whole thing. And so it got really confusing really quickly, and then they got really excited about taking down this bad guy that had been kind of messing with them the entire time, and that was wrapped into someone's backstory. And then someone's basically patron took over their body and made them eat someone whole. Oh my god. That was a whole thing. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Zach, but do you remember Imthak Manuthakel Mirakinchi Kalkasadek? How could I not? Um, they basically are the patron, or they were the patron for one of the characters in my game. But they were well, 
they were not ideal they were playing an astral self monk so basically they summoned the arms of imthok to punch people Mm. and so they basically summoned mummy arms every time they fought and um cool don't want to do that with that person super bad because that person was not a great yeah individual for reference this person very bad uh and i think that's (laughs) about the extent that i can really give right now we'll talk about it later probably that's fair but uh essentially they just were like you do this or i'm gonna take control and the player was like no i'm not gonna do it and they were like okay cool and the imthok took control of her body basically covered the torso and top of her with her with his body then grew in size went through grabbed the wizard and just ate them jesus and that was the final piece of the battle and everybody in the party was like hey razia who is the person who has imthok as a patron what the fuck and (laughs) that was basically the entire next session why did that happen why are you eating people and she was just like, I have no fucking idea what just happened. So That's awesome. It was a whole That's thing. Fanta- That's fantastic. So, yeah, that was a very long session, and it ended on a bang and a half. So, yeah. Uh, that was nice. probably my longest one, I guess. Yeah. Sounds like it was like it ended well and went it well did. at the very least. So You know, the best sessions really come from when your players basically say, no, 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 no. We really want to keep going. You know what I mean? That's, uh, yeah. that's always satisfying. Yeah, I agree. It's the ones that run long and nobody's having a good time. That's when it's exhausting. Yeah, but I would. It usually doesn't really happen. Usually yeah. the DM kind of reads the room and calls it. Yeah, I agree. I think there have been times where I'm like, yeah, it's just time. Like we just, I think we just need to, like, cut it. Like it's okay. Yeah. Like let's just be done. It's okay. Um, like, but I yeah. think there are other times when I'm just like so amped to play D and D. Like when people are really getting into it. When people are really starting to role play and. Yeah. When people are just like getting super into the story, that always makes me feel like really valued as a DM. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So, yeah, I, I see know. that in you when I'm when I'm playing for you. Yeah, it makes me feel real good when people role play, and I I hope the same thing happens when I play uh, in your games because I definitely feel like I put a lot of effort into role playing my characters in in different yeah. D games. So. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. I, I I've had uh I've had a couple we've talked about this in the past, like the golden session. I've had a handful of them where it was just like, what just happened? That was that was awesome. Everyone was so into that. Yeah. But uh it's difficult to replicate, but it has happened. And it has happened with you. Yep. I think more than once. Yeah. So. Lightning in a bottle, man. You really can't you just don't know when it's gonna happen. But it does yeah. sometimes and when it does, it's just fantastic. So and usually those long sessions Absolutely. kind of uh, like I think for me it makes it easy or it's easier when it's a long session because the the long sessions that I have are the players wanting those sessions to be long, I guess. So yeah. Yeah. Alright. Well, uh that was awesome. Uh thank you guys very much for yeah. submitting all those questions. These um, are wonderful questions. If anybody else has questions. Okay. For all of our extra dimensional followers, yep. um, and for everyone else, uh, you can uh, uh, you can send us emails, you can send us uh, uh, letters, you can show up at my door and have dinner with me and my family, and uh, we'll sacrifice you in the basement to a dark god. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so. that, that's good for that's good for uh, Zach. I actually can't be accessed through the material plane. Um, 
So that that's going to yeah. be harder, but I do answer the email account. So you can send emails to our email, which I know for sure is something I'm looking up <laughs> right now and I'm not biding time for it's journeys rest podcast at gmail.com. That's what you should go ahead and email. Um, if you have questions and would like us to read them on the show. So yes, please you're fantastic. We've enjoyed making each other laugh in this one. Uh, just to be super real with you guys. Um, this was just a, an attempt of me and Zach just to have a nice ending to our days. Uh, we just wanted to make each other laugh. So we hope we've made you laugh too. Um, I think we've had some good mixture of just being goofy and actually talking about B&D. Um, but, uh, yes, we, we it's hope nice to loosen up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we hope that you have had a wonderful time. Um, we have had a wonderful time. Zach, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Um, I, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go now. <laughs> That's it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Goodbye, Zach. Bye. <laughs> Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. The fact that you've made it here to the end means the absolute world to us. If you've enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with your friends. Or if you have the time, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts is a great way to show your support. You can follow us on Twitter at A Journey's Rest or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash A Journey's Rest Podcast. If you have any questions for us to answer, you can send them to journeysrestpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much again for sharing the precious pieces of your time with us, and we hope the rest of your day is wonderful. See you again at our table soon.